Dermot Lane, you are the former head of the Matter Day Institute. You have been working as a parish priest and, and are still working in Balali. And um, you're also a, one of the members of this group of Dialogue of Hope. What was your experience of the group and your contribution to it? Well, one of the things that struck me about the discussion was that an underlying problem across the disciplines was anthropology. Now, what do I mean by anthropology? It's about the human condition. What is it that fosters human flourishing? And that's a big question, both in ethics and in ecology, and believe it or not, in economics, and in theology, and in feminism. It's a very big question. So in a few pages, I tried to address that, and I only touched, touched on it. But for instance, we have to begin to recover what the United Nations had to say about human identity. And they put up in lights, back in 1945, 46, thereabouts, human dignity that transcends differences sexually, socially, politically. So you, we have to grasp what is involved in human dignity. And then to move from that to critique the modern narrative of human identity, which is very self-centered, very self-focused, to another type of understanding of what it is to be human. And at that level, I move in the direction of emphasizing the importance of relationality. Every human being is relational from the moment of conception onwards. And in all probability, we will die in a, in a relationship of some kind or other. So human dignity, relationality, followed by the importance of being embodied. We are not spirits. We are not souls floating around. We are embodied human beings. So that requires an important respect for everybody's body. And we can only communicate in and through the body. And that has massive implications right across the spectrum. And then I think what is important is how do you find yourself? And the great paradox is you don't find yourself by going in. You find yourself by going out, by engaging and interacting with other human beings. And in that, you find yourself through the encounter with the other. And that's where we begin to find ourselves. So there is a kind of a stony, funny kind of paradox there. You have to empty yourself to find yourself. You have to give yourself to discover who you are. So those are important features. Now, finally, and most important in this context of this book, is anthropology is the foundation of hope. If you don't have a proper understanding of what it is to be human, you will not be able to hope. And the first lesson here is, I cannot hope alone. But I can hope in solidarity and in relationality with other human beings. And that is something that transcends all of our differences. Believers and non-believers, secularists and theists, poets and philosophers, all are agreed on that, that we only find ourselves in the encounter with the other. And in virtue of that, that animates us. And the final point I would make about hope that is very important is that there can be no hope without memory. 
where we have come from and where we are going. And that memory then is the basis of trying to imagine an alternative future. So the twin pillars of a new future are memory by going back in the first instance and imagination by helping us to go forward. So you're saying that a, a, an anthropology, if we can find a, an agreed anthropology, because they are looking for a dialogue between secularists and believers and atheists and non-believers, that that dialogue could and necessarily needs to be rooted perhaps in a shared vision of what it means to be a human being, and that that's not so disparate because you're quoting the UN and presumably as a Catholic theologian you might quote um, St. Paul that we are all children of God or Jesus and the Gospels, you know, the, the Father, and that, but the, the language is different, but they are saying something about the dignity of the human being and then the community aspect, that we are the body of Christ, as Paul would put it, sure. put it. and we need to, that if we dig deep enough underneath our secular or whatever positions, we can, you think, find an anthropology of Absolutely. I think it's very important, as you say, to be able to reconstruct a new anthropology that transcends the entrenched positions of uh, the religions and of the secularists as to who they are. And one of the most radical anthropologies of all is St. Paul, when he said in Galatians chapter 3, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, because now we are one in Christ. And this insight has been sadly forgotten in our church, but also in society. And that needs to be retrieved and recovered and put into the discussion about what it is to be human. And in doing something like that, um, does it require on all sides a certain openness? Because say, for example, when you talk about the anthropology and you said we are embodied and that's very important, very often what people will jump to is, ah, yeah, he's talking about, you know, sexual morality. Mm, yes, yes, um, I know. Not, not something bigger, that we have become narrowed into our trenches in terms of, say, us and them, and, you know, we, we have the Eighth Amendment debate that may come up on the horizon. Like, we've seen in the past these discussions floundering around not shared anthropologies. The gay referendum, another oh, yeah. example. Absolutely. Uh, and the gay referendum is a very good one because uh, people were taking up a position on that on a, on oft, often on a very flawed anthropology. So what is important in the construction of anthropology, of a new anthropology, is that we may, we may have to let go of certain so-called established self-understanding to discover something new about ourselves. There is a, a Greek term for that which is found in theology and it is kenosis, that it's only self-emptying that we discover who we are. Now I know the feminist movement have question marks around a kenotic anthropology, but it's not with a view to sacrificing anything it's with a view to discovering who you are. And part of that discovery is in and through the liberating encounter with the other, no matter who the other is, whether it's male or female, whether it's black or white, whether it's straight or gay. What is important is there's something in there waiting to be liberated so we can liberate each other. And if there is a taste or even 
the possibility of liberation, then we can join hands in hope. And we see that in the secular world because we see many groups, uh, um, uh, uh, organizations, say, for example, working with refugees who are the face of the other. They're not there from their country. They don't know them. And yet they are there looking after them, caring for them, maybe from no religious background, but from that anthropology of the other. And the other demands hospitality. And hospitality then itself is a core gospel and biblical message. To be sure. So you might well say to me, Where is the evidence for that anthropology? And it is precisely in and through the encounter with the migrant. And we have something to receive from the migrant as well as something to give from the migrant. So that is beginning to happen in in small ways. But it's another indication of the importance of taking the other absolutely seriously, no matter who they are, no matter what their circumstances. And that is the way for hope in the future if we can. So anthropology is at the heart of a good theology and philosophy of hope. And finally, do you think that um, in Irish society today our political leaders in the broadest sense, the polis, are open to this because there isn't much signs of that really in political discourse as we find it at the moment. In a broader stage we see Angela Merkel who took in so many of the migrants and, and was at some mm. level rewarded by yeah. you know, 13 MEPs from the far right in her parliament. Are you hopeful? It's a, it's a big task, isn't it? Well, I wish I could say, yes, there are politicians who seem to be aware of what a new anthropology might entail, but I find it difficult to, to agree on that. So let me give you an example of what I mean. The government published in mid-July a new program of dealing with the environmental issue. It's called a National Mitigation Plan. Which is meaningless to everybody. Yeah, and it's an extraordinary document by the lacune. But there's not a reference to a human identity or what it means to be human. Whereas all of the scientists and philosophers are very aware that it is humans who have to change if we are going to safeguard the planet. Therefore, I'm saying to you that anthropology is at the heart of a new ecological vision. And if we don't renew ourselves, we will not be able to protect our endangered planet. And that's what Odato C maybe is is about and has been missed, that aspect of it has been missed. There's a whole, whole, uh, a couple of paragraphs in Laudato Si where Pope Francis criticizes what he calls anthropocentrism. And then he goes on to say, exaggerated, distorted, stifling anthropocentrisms, which is very interesting within the Catholic tradition to have somebody criticizing an overly anthropocentric view of the universe and of creation. And he he acknowledges that the tradition was misinterpreted because we were given an apparent mandate in Genesis to dominate and exploit the universe. But he says that is not about dominating, it's about a, a stewardship and a service. But it has been received in the tradition incorrectly.